Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. This week's reading is Parashah 2, Noah. you find that on page 6 of your complete Jewish Bible. Here is the history of Noah. In his generation, Noah was a man righteous and wholehearted. Noah walked with God. Noah fathered three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was corrupt before God. The earth was filled with violence. God saw the earth and said, Yes, it was corrupt, for all living beings had corrupted their ways on the earth. God said to Noah, The end of all living beings has come before me, for because of them the earth is filled with violence. I will destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, you are to make the ark with rooms and cover it with pitch both outside and inside. Here is how you are to build it. The length of the ark is to be 450 feet, its width 75 feet, and its height 45 feet. You are to make an opening for daylight in the ark 18 inches below its roof. Put a door on its side. Build it with lower second and third decks. Then I myself will bring the flood of water over the earth to destroy from under heaven every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will be destroyed. But I will establish my covenant with you. You will come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. From everything living, from each kind of living being, you are to bring two into the ark, to keep them alive with you. They are to be male and female. Of each kind of bird, each kind of livestock, and each kind of animal creeping on the ground, two are to come to you so that they can be kept alive. Also, take from all the kinds of food that are eaten and collected for yourself. It is to be food for you and for them. This is what Noah did. He did all that God ordered him to do. Adonai said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you alone in this generation are righteous before me. Of every clean animal you are to take seven couples, and of the animals that are not clean one couple. Also of the birds in the air take seven couples in order to preserve their species throughout the earth. For in seven more days I will cause it to rain on the earth, forty days and forty nights. I will wipe out every living thing that I have made from the face of the earth. Noah did all that Adonai ordered him to do. Noah was six hundred years old when the water flooded the earth. And Noah went into the ark with his sons, his wife, and his sons' wives because of the floodwaters, of clean animals, of animals that are not clean, of birds and everything that creeps on the ground, couples, male and female, went into Noah in the ark as God had ordered Noah. After seven days, the water flooded the earth. On the seventeenth day of the second month of the six hundredth year of Noah's life, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up, and the windows of the sky were opened. 
It rained on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. On that same day, Noah entered the ark with Shem, Ham, and Jephthah, the sons of Noah. Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons accompanying them. They and every animal and every of every species, all the livestock of every species, every animal that creeps on the ground, and every species and every bird of every species, all sorts of winged creatures. They went into Noah in the ark, couples from every kind of living thing that breathes. Those that entered went in male and female from every kind of living being as God had ordered him, and Adonai shut him inside. The flood was forty days on the earth. The water grew higher and floated the ark, so that it was lifted up off the earth. The water overflowed the earth and grew deeper until the ark floated on the surface of the water. The water overpowered the earth mightily. All the high mountains under the entire sky were covered. The water covered the mountains by more than 22 and a half feet. All living beings that moved on the earth perished. Birds, livestock, other animals, insects, and every human being. Everything in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life. Whatever was on dry land died. He wiped out every <coughs> living creeping animals and birds in the air. Oh, I'm sorry. He wiped out every living thing on the surface of the ground. Not only human beings, but livestock, creeping animals and birds in the air. They were wiped out from the earth. Only Noah was left, along with those who were with him in the ark. The water held power over the earth for 150 days. God remembered Noah every living thing and all the livestock with him in the ark. So God caused the wind to pass over the earth and the water began to go down. Also the fountains of the deep and the windows of the sky were stopped. The rain from the sky was restrained and the water came back from completely covering the earth. It was after 150 days that the water went down. On the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Arafah. The water kept going down until the 10th month. And on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains were seen. After 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark, which he had built, and he sent out a raven which flew back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. And he sent out a dove to see if the water had gone from the surface of the ground. But the dove found no place for her feet to rest. So she returned to him in the ark because the water still covered the whole earth. He put out his hand, took her and brought her into him in the ark. He waited another seven days and again sent out the dove from the ark. The dove came into him in the evening, and there in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the water had cleared from the earth. He waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, and she didn't return to him anymore. By the first day of the first month of the 101st year, I mean the 601st year, the water had dried up 
from off the earth. So Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked. And yes, the surface of the ground was dry. It was the 77th day of the second month. The seven, 77th. Seven, 27th. I'm sorry. You need new glasses. Uh, no, no. It was the 27th day of the second month that the earth was dry. God said to Noah, Get out from the ark, you, your wife, your sons, and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing you have with you, birds, livestock, and every animal that creeps on the earth, so that they can swarm on the earth, be fruitful, and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out with his sons, his wife, and his sons' wives, every animal, every creeping thing, and every bird. Whatever moves on the earth, according to their families, went out of the ark. Noah built an altar to Adonai. Then he took from every clean animal and every clean bird, and he offered burnt offerings on the altar. Adonai smelled the sweet aroma, and Adonai said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of humankind, since imaginings of a person's heart are evil from his youth, nor will I ever again destroy all living things as I have done. So long as the earth exists, sowing time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night will not cease. God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will be upon every wild animal every bird in the air, every creature populating the ground and all the fish in the sea. They have been handed over to you. Every moving thing that lives will be food for you. Just as I gave you green plants before, so now I give you everything. Only flesh, with its life, which is its blood, you are not to eat. I will certainly demand an accounting for the blood of your lives. I will demand it from every animal, from every human being. I will demand from every human being an accounting for the life of his fellow human being. Whoever sheds human blood by a human being will be his own blood will be shed. For God made human beings in his image. And you people, be fruitful, multiply, swarm on the earth and multiply on it. God spoke to Noah and his sons with him. He said, as for me, I'm here with establishing my covenant with you, with your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every wild animal with you, all going out of the ark, every animal on earth. I will establish my covenant with you, that never again will all living beings be destroyed by the waters of a flood. And there will never again be a flood to destroy the earth. God added, here is the sign of the covenant I'm making between myself and you and every living creature with you for all generations to come. I'm putting my rainbow in the cloud. It will be there as a sign of the covenant between myself and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow is seen in the cloud. 
I will remember my covenant, which is between myself and you, and every living creature of any kind. And the water will never again become a flood and destroy all living beings. The rainbow will be in the cloud, so that when I look at it, I will remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of any kind on earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between myself and every living creature on the earth. The sons of Noah who went out from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Jepheth. Ham is the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and the whole earth was populated by them. Noah, a farmer, was to be the first to plant a vineyard. He drank so much of the wine that he got drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father shamefully exposed. Went out and told his two brothers. Shem and Jephthah took a cloak, put it over both their shoulders, and walking backwards, went in and covered their naked father. Their faces were turned away so that they did not see their father lying there shamefully exposed. When Noah awoke from his wine, he knew what his youngest son had done to him. He said, Cursed be Canaan. He will be a servant of servants to his brothers. Then he said, Blessed be Adonai, the God of Shem. Canaan will be their servant. May God enlarge Jephthah. He will live in the tents of Shem, but Canaan will be their servant. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. In all, Noah lived 950 years, then he died. Here's the genealogy of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. Sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Jephthah were Gomer, Magog, Madai, Jaban, Tubal, Meshkah, and Tyrus. The sons of Gomer were Ashkenaz, Ripat, and Tugmara. The sons of Jabin were Elijah, Tarshish, Kittim, and Dodanan. From these islands of the nations were divided into their lands, each according to its language, according to their families and their nations. The sons of Ham were Cush, Mitzayiren, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush were Shava, Hava, Savata, Rama, and Zavka. The sons of Rama were Shava and Dan. Cush fathered Nimrod, who was the first powerful ruler on earth. He was a mighty hunter before Adonai. This is why people say, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before Adonai. His kingdom began with Babel, Eric, Akkad, and Kalna in the land of Shinar. Asher went out from the land and built Nineveh, the city of Rechavah and Kalah, and resin between Nineveh and Kalah. The one is a great city. That one is a great city. Mitzayiram fathered Ludzim and Anamin and Lahabin and Nachchuch and Kutzruk and Kashlun, from whom came the Philistines and the Kaphtarim. Canaan fathered Zidon, his firstborn, Het, 
the Javushi, the Amurai, the Garashi, the Hippai, the Arki, and the Sinai, the Avadi, the Zimari, and the Hamati. After the families of Canaan were dispersed, the border of the Canaanites was from Zidon as you go toward Gerar, to Asha as you go toward Sodom, Gomorrah, Adam, and Zavoyim to Lisha. These were the descendants of Ham according to their families and languages, in their lands, and in their nations. Children were also born, born to Shem, ancestor of all the descendants of the ever and older brother of Jephthah. The sons of Shem were Elam, Asher, Epikapashashad, Lud, and Aram. Sons of Aram were Uch, Ho, Gesher, and Mash. Pakashad fathered Shelach, and Shelach fathered Ever. To Ever were born two sons. One was given the name Pegleg, which means division, because during his lifetime the earth was divided. His brother's name was Jokan. Joktan fathered Elamad, Shelach, Hetzarmavit, Jerak, Hadaram, Uzziel, Dikla, and Obo. Amigil and Sheba, Ofer, Havilah, and Yochab. All these were the sons of Yochab. Their territory stretched from Mesha as you go toward Shafar to the mountain in the east. These were the descendants of Shem according to their families and languages, in their lands and in their nations. These were the sons of the families of Noah according to their generations in their nations. From these, the nations of the earth were divided up after the flood. The whole earth used the same language, the same words. It came about that as they traveled from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and lived there. They said to one another, come, let's make bricks and bake them in the fire. So they had bricks for building stone and clay for mortar. Then they said, Come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower that has its top reaching up into heaven so that we can make a name for ourselves and not be scattered all over the earth. Adonai came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. Adonai said, Look, the people are united. They all have a single language and see what they're starting to do. At this rate, nothing they set out to accomplish will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse their language so that they won't understand each other's speech. So from there, Adonai scattered them all over the earth and they stopped building the city. For this reason, it is called Babel, meaning confusion, because there Adonai confused the language of the whole earth. And from there, Adonai scattered them all over the earth. Here's the genealogy of Shem. Shem was a hundred years old when he fathered Arpashkadet, two years after the flood. And Arpashkadet was born. Shem lived another five hundred years and had sons and daughters. Arpashkadet lived thirty-five years and fathered Shelach. After Shelach was born, Apekashad lived another 403 years and had sons and daughters. Shelach lived 
30 years and fathered Ever. After Ever was born, Shelock lived another 403 years and had sons and daughters. Ever lived 34 years and fathered Peleg. After Peleg was born, Ever lived another 430 years and had sons and daughters. Peleg lived 30 years and fathered Riu. After Riu was born, Pegleg lived another 209 years and had sons and daughters. Riu lived 32 years and fathered Shirug. After Shirug was born, Riu lived another 270 years and had sons and daughters. Shirug lived 30 years and fathered Nacor. After Nacor was born, Shirug lived another 200 years and had sons and daughters. Nacor lived 29 years and fathered Shirug. After Tarak was born, Nacor lived another 119 years and had sons and daughters. Tarak lived 70 years and fathered Abram, Nacor, and Haran. Here is the genealogy of Tarak. Tarak fathered Abram, Nacor, and Haran, and Haran fathered Lot. Haran died before his father, Tarak, in the land where he was born in Ur of the Kazdin. Then Abram and Nacar took wives for themselves. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah, and the name of Nacar's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran. He was the father of Milcah and of <coughs> Jessicah. Sarah was barren. She had no child. Tarak took his son Abram and his son Haran's son Lot, and Sarah his daughter-in-law, his son's Abram's wife, and they left Ur of the Kasdim to go to the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they stayed there. Tarak lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. <clears throat> then we have Isaiah 54.1 through 55.5, and you'll find that on page 522. For the intermission, we'll continue with Isaiah 54, page 522, Isaiah 54, 1. Sing, barren woman who has never had a child, burst into song and shout for joy, you who have never been in labor. For the deserted wife will have more children than the woman who is living with her husband, says Adonai. Enlarge the space for your tent, extend the curtains of your dwelling. Do not hold back, lengthen your cords, make the tent pegs firm. For you will spend, you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will possess the nations and inhabit the desolated cities. Don't be afraid, for you won't be ashamed. Don't be discouraged, for you won't be disgraced. You will forget the shame of your youth. 
no longer remember the dishonor of being widowed, for your husband is your maker. Adonai Tazavo is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He will be called the God of all the earth, for Adonai has called you back. Like a wife abandoned and grief-stricken, a wife married in her youth cannot be rejected, says your God. Briefly I abandoned you, but with great compassion I'm taking you back. I was angry for a moment and hid my face from you, but with everlasting grace I will have compassion on you, says Adonai, your Redeemer. For me, this is like Noah's flood. Just as I swore that no flood like Noah's would ever again cover the earth, so now I swear that never again will I be angry with you or rebuke you. For the mountains may leave and the hills be removed, but my grace will never leave you. And my covenant of peace will not be removed, says Adonai, who has compassion on you. Storm-ravaged city, <clears throat> unconsoled. I will set your stones in the finest way, and lay your foundations with sapphires, make your windows shine with rubies, your gates with garnet, your walls with gemstones. All your children will be taught by Adonai. Your children will have great peace. In righteousness you will be established far from oppression with nothing to fear, far from ruin, for it will not come near you. Any alliance that forms against you will not be my doing. Whoever tries to form such an alliance will fall because of you. It is I who created the craftsman who blows on the coals and forges weapons suited to their purpose. I also created the destroyer to work havoc. No weapon made will prevail against you. In court, you will refute every accusation. The servants of Adonai inherit all this. The reward for their righteousness is from me. Says Adonai, All you who are thirsty, come to the water. You without money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk. Without money, it's free. Why spend money for what isn't food? Your wages for what doesn't satisfy. Listen carefully to me and you will eat well. You will enjoy the fat of the land. Open your ears and come to me. Listen well and you will live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The grace I assured David. I, I have given him as a witness to the peoples, a leader and a lawgiver for the peoples. You will summon a nation you do not know, and a nation that doesn't know you will run to you for the sake of Adonai your God, the Holy One of Israel, who will glorify you. And we have Matthew 24, 1 through 44, page 1254. As Yeshua left the temple and was going away, his disciples came and called his attention to its buildings. But he answered them, You see all these? Yes, I tell you they will be totally destroyed. Not a single stone will be left standing. 
When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, tell us, they said. When will these things happen? And what will be the sign that you are coming? And that the uh, end times, that, that it is the end times. Yeshua replied, watch out. Don't let anyone fool you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Messiah. And they will lead many astray. You will hear the noise of wars nearby and the news of wars far off. See to it that you don't become frightened. Such things must happen, but the end is yet to come. For peoples will fight each other, nations will fight each other, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various parts of the world. All this is but the beginning of the birth pain. At that time you will be arrested and handed over to be punished and put to death. And all peoples will hate you because of me. At that time, many will be trapped into betraying and hating each other. Many false prophets will appear and fool many people. But many people's love will grow cold because of the increased distance from Torah. But whoever holds out till the end will be delivered. And this good news about the kingdom will be announced throughout the whole world as a witness to all the going it is then that the end will come so when you see the abomination that causes desolation spoken about through the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place let the reader understand the illusion that will be the time for those in Judah to escape to the hills if someone is on the roof, you must not go down to gather. He must not go down to gather his belongings from his house. If someone is in the field, he must not turn back to get his coat. What a terrible time it will be for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that you will not have to escape in winter or on Shabbat, for there will be trouble then. Who's worse than there has ever been from the beginning of the world until now and there will be nothing like it again indeed if the length of this time had not been limited no one would survive but for the sake of those who have been chosen its length will be limited at that time if someone says to you look here's the messiah or, there he is, don't believe him. For there will appear false messiahs and false prophets, performing great miracles, amazing things, so as to fool even the chosen, if possible. There, I've told you in advance. So if people say to you, listen, he's out in the desert, don't go. Or, look, he's hidden away in a secret room, don't believe it. But when the Son of Man does come, it will be like lightning that flashes out of the east and fills the sky to the western horizon. Wherever there's a dead body, that's where you'll find the vultures. But immediately following the trouble of those times, the sun will grow dark, the moon will stop shining, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. 
all the tribes of the land will mourn and they will see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with tremendous power and glory he will send out his angels with a great shofar and they will gather together his chosen people from the four winds from one end of the heaven to the other now let the fig tree teach you its lesson when its branches begin to sprout and leaves appear you know that summer is approaching in the same way when you see all these things you are to know that the time is near right at the door yes I tell you that this people will certainly not pass away before all these things happen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But when that day and hour will come, no one knows. Not the angels in heaven, not the Son, only the Father. For the Son of Man's coming will be just as it was in the days of Noah. Back with then, before the flood, people went on eating and drinking taking wise and becoming wise, right up till the day Noah entered the ark. And they didn't know what was happening until the flood came and swept them all away. It will be just like that when the Son of Man comes. Then there will be two men in a field. One will be taken and the other left behind. There will be two women grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken and the other left behind. So stay alert because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. But you do know this. Had the owner of the house known when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you too must always be ready, for the Son of Man will come when you are not expecting him. And then we have 1 Peter 3, 8-22, Page 1515. 1 Peter 1. No. 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter 3. Okay, 1 Peter 3. 1518. 15. Is it 3 1? It is 1 Peter 3. 8. Okay, I see it. Page 1518. Finally. All of you will be in one mind and feeling. Love as brothers and be compassionate and humble-minded, not repaying evil with evil or insult with insult, but on the contrary with blessing. For it is to this that you have been called, so that you may receive a blessing. For whoever wants to love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and chase after it. For Adonai keeps his eyes on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of Adonai is against those who do evil things. For who will hurt you if you become zealots for what is good? But even if you do suffer, being righteous you are blessed moreover don't fear what they fear or be disturbed but treat the Messiah as holy as Lord of your heart while remaining always ready to give a reasoned answer to anyone who asks you to explain the hope you have in you
yet with humility and fear, keeping your conscience clear so that when you are spoken against, those who abuse the good behavior flowing from your union with the Messiah may be put to shame. For if God has in fact willed that you should suffer, it is better that you suffer for doing what is good than for doing what is evil. For the Messiah himself died for sins once and for all, a righteous person on behalf of unrighteous people, so that he might bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but brought to life by the Spirit. And in this form he went and made a proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. To those who were disobedient long ago in the days of Noah, when God waited patiently during the building of the ark, in which a few people, to be specific eight, were delivered by means of water. This also prefigures what delivers us now, the water of immersion which is not the removal of dirt from the body, but one's pledge to keep a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Yeshua the Messiah. He has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers subject to him. Now we have 2 Peter 1, 3 through 2, 22. God's power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowing the one who called us to his own glory and goodness. By these he has given us valuable and superlatively great promises so that through them you might come to share in God's nature and escape the corruption which evil desires have brought into the world. For this very reason, try your hardest to furnish your faith with goodness. Goodness with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control. Self-control with perseverance, perseverance with godliness. Godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you have these qualities in abundance, they keep you from being barren and unfruitful, in the knowledge of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Indeed, whoever lacks them is blind, so short-sighted that he forgets that his past sins have been washed away. Therefore, brothers, try even harder to make your being called and chosen a certainty. For if you keep doing this, you will never stumble. Thus, you might be generously supplied with everything you need to enter the eternal kingdom of our Lord, the Deliverer, Yeshua the Messiah. For this reason, I will always remind you about these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you already have. And I consider it right to keep stirring you up with reminders as long as I am in the tent of this body. I know that I will soon lay aside this tent of mine, as our Lord Yeshua the Messiah has made clear to me. 
and I will do my best to see that after my exodus, you'll be able to remember these things at all times. For when we made known to you the power and the coming of the Lord Yeshua the Messiah, we did not rely on cunningly contrived myths. On the contrary, we saw the majesty with our own eyes. For we were there when we received honor and glory from God the Father. And the voice came to him from the grandeur of the Shekinah, saying, This is my son whom I love. I am well pleased with him. We heard this voice come out of heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Yes, we have the prophetic word made certain. You will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in the dark, murky place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, understand this. No prophecy of scripture is to be interpreted by an individual on his own, for never has a prophecy come as a result of human willing. On the contrary, people moved by the Rock HaKodesh spoke a message from God. But among the people there will also be false prophets, just as there will be false teachers among you. Under false pretenses, they will introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, and thus bring on themselves swift destruction. Many will follow their debaucheries, and because of them, the true way will be maligned. In their greed... They will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their punishment, decreed long ago, is not idle. Their destruction is not asleep. For God did not spare the angels who sinned. On the contrary, he put them in gloomy dungeons lower than Shavuot to be held for judgment. And he did not spare the ancient world. On the contrary, he preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others and brought the flood upon a world of ungodly people. And he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, reducing them to ashes and ruin, as in warning to those in the future who would live ungodly lives. But he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the debauchery of those unprincipled people. For the wicked deeds which that righteous man saw and heard as he lived among them, tormented his righteous heart day after day. So the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and how to hold the wicked until the day of judgment while continuing to punish them, especially those who follow their old natures in lust for filth and who despise authority. Presumptuous and self-willed, these false teachers do not tremble at insulting angelic beings. Whereas angels, though stronger and more powerful, do not bring before the Lord an insulting charge against them. But these people acting without thinking, like animals without reason, born to be captured and destroyed, 
insult things about which they have no knowledge. When they are destroyed, their destruction will be total. They will be paid back harm as wages for the harm they are doing. Their idea of pleasure is carousing in broad daylight. They are spots and defects revealing in their deceptions as they share meals with you. But they have eyes always on the lookout for a woman who will commit adultery. Eyes that never stop sinning. And they have a heart that has been exercised itself in greed so that they seduce unstable people. What a cursed brood. These people have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Bilaam and Beor, who loved the wages of doing harm, but was rebuked for his sin. A dumb beast of burden spoke out with a human voice and restrained the prophet's insanity. Waterless springs they are, mists driven by the gust of wind. For them as for them has been reserved the blackest darkness. Mouthing grandiosities and nothingness, they play on the desires of the old nature. In order to seduce with debaucheries, people who have just begun to escape from those whose way of life is wrong. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For a person is slave to whatever has defeated him. Indeed, if they have once escaped the pollutions of the world through knowing our Lord and Deliverer, Yeshua the Messiah, and then have again become entangled and defeated by them, their latter condition has become worse than their former. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than fully knowing to turn from the holy command delivered to them. What has happened to them accords with the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit. Yes, the pig washed itself only to wallow in the mud. And, and 3.8-22. 3.8. Moreover, dear friends, do not ignore this. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some people think of slowness. On the contrary, he is patient with you. For... It is not his purpose that anyone should be destroyed, but that everyone should turn from his sins. However, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day, the heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will melt with disintegrate. Disintegrate. And disintegrate, yes, disintegrate. And the earth and everything in it will be burnt up. Since everything is going to be destroyed like this, what kind of people should you be? You should lead holy and godly lives as you wait for the day of God and work to hasten its coming. That day will bring on the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt from the heat. But we, 
following along with his promise, wait for new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness will be at home. Therefore, dear friends, as you look for these things, do everything you can to be found by him without spot or defect and at peace. And think of our Lord's patience as deliverance, just as our dear brother Shaul also wrote to you, following the wisdom God gave him. Indeed, he speaks about these things in all his letters. They contain some things that are hard to understand, things which the unstructured and unstable distort to their own destruction, as they do to other scriptures. But you, dear friends, since you know this in advance, guard yourselves so that you will not be led away by the errors of the wicked and fall from your own secure position. And keep growing in grace and knowledge of the Lord and Deliverer, Yeshua the Messiah. To Him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father God, for a great Shabbat, for a great parashah today. We humble ourselves before you and thank you. We thank you for the wonderful the wonderful blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Amen. Amen.